Welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast. And welcome to the Let's See Grandma Career Warrior Podcast, where our goal is not only to help you land your dream job, but to help you live your best life. Today, we're going to talk about how to be seen as a high performer at your company. Why you may want to listen to this episode. Maybe you just stepped into your new role and you want to be your best. Maybe you're ready to land that promotion. Or maybe you want to land another job and finally get paid what you're worth. Ladies and gentlemen, the time is now. We're going to discuss high performance and especially how to communicate your value to the right people. My next guest has helped plenty of people do all of these things. Denise Liebetrau is a strategic HR and compensation consultant. And with over 25 years of experience, including with Fortune 500 companies, she's coached many professionals so they can get the careers and salaries they deserve. Denise is the founder and CEO of Prosper Consulting, an executive consulting firm. So let's help you shine with this next episode, and let's launch right into it with our 117th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. Denise, I can't thank you enough for being on the show. Thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me, Chris. Perfect. So I just want to launch right into it. I think we have everyone's attention here. We're going to talk about being a high performer when it comes to working within your company. I think it's really important first to define what a high performer is. I think it it's kind of this nebulous thing um, oftentimes, but how would you define a high performer? Yeah, I have a simple definition. It's somebody who exceeds expectations consistently. As a career and salary negotiation coach, I often work with my my clients because to make sure that their high performance is visible, you can perform really well. And I have a lot of people who will say, but I'm a high performer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, but how many people know that? And if you only have one person at the table when they're talking about performance or potential promotions or succession planning, speaking about how high of a performer you are, um, that's not enough. You have to have advocates in the room beyond your boss. Um, And your success is very much tied to those beside you, those below you, and those above you, right? So think of it, you're in the center of a circle. Yeah, Got to have all of those people who recognize the value you deliver in the context of what the business wants in terms of and how the business defines success. Um, and then you have to make it easy for them to advocate for you. And, and I want to, I guess I, I just want to get in the minds of some of the people listening to this podcast. We have a lot of job seekers listening here. And at the same time, we have a lot of people just seeking to move up in their company or get a promotion. Why would I even bother being seen? Like I, I use the word seen as a high performer when I think I'm already doing a pretty decent job. Um, so let's take the category one. Let's say you're in a job search, right? Sure. So when you are promoting yourself, selling yourself, which is what you are doing when you're in a job search, um, you need to have stories that talk about your accomplishments. And nobody wants to hire someone into a role um, that is an average performer. Like I can come in and do the job. Uh -uh. They really want a return on their investment. I mean, you are a labor cost as an employee, right? So and this is a very like um, tactical thing. If you can't talk about your accomplishments and tell stories about that in a succinct manner, then you're going to fall to the wayside and you're not going to get brought back um, for the next round of interviews. Absolutely. So it really is being a high performer isn't just about today and getting recognized by your current company. And although that's important, if you especially if you want to stay and get a promotion, 
it's important because your longevity in terms of your career is about telling those accomplishment stories. So I'll give you an example. Um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics says most of us have have uh, average job tenure is 4.2 years. Every three to five years, you're going to have job change. So you can't like let off the gas pedal, right? You have to keep pushing to be able to talk and articulate your stories about what great things you can deliver. So, um, so that from a job search perspective, that's important. From a promotional perspective, as an HR leader with more than 25 years of experience, I can tell you behind the scenes when I would sit at the table with other HR leaders and senior executives and we talk about who we wanted to promote, if you aren't achieving more than what we expect, if you aren't a high performer, right, that's a problem. You're not going to be on right. the list. They're going to say, well, no. And, and high performer isn't just I'm getting the job done. High performer is... How do you look? How do you show up? What are, are you someone who leads? And I'm not talking about leaders are at all levels of the organization, right? It's not just somebody with a director level and above title. Do you show up and do you lead? How do you look? Do you look the part? Do you speak the part? Do you speak with confidence? Are you pushing yourself to grow? Are you willing to challenge yourself? Do you raise your hand to volunteer for additional assignments? Um, so all of those things really matter. I hold heartedly agree. I can't emphasize that enough just because, um, first of all, this entire podcast premise is to be a career warrior. We want people to put their best foot forward and not just, we don't want them to, um, for lack of a better word, half-ass it at work. And the reality is for those people, there are certain people in the world who want to half-ass it. And that's, you know, if that's your goal is to just show up at work and and do the minimal investment, that's fine. You're not going to earn a great paycheck. You're not going to get the promotion. And if that's not your goal, I mean, that's fine. Just own that. But you're probably not also listening to this podcast, right? I mean, people who are listening to this podcast are people who are willing to invest in themselves. If I could really boil this podcast episode to one thing, it would be helping professionals to put their best foot forward and crush it at work. So not not half-assing. One of the reasons we rebranded this podcast to Career Warrior really was to help employees to deliver as much value to their companies and to themselves by just giving them meaningful, fulfilling work and increasing their happiness. I don't really know... If the people listening to this want a different job, promotion, whatever, I just want them to put their best foot forward. Great. So let's say I work at a company, I'm a rising star, and I want to be seen as a high performer. What's step one? Well, um, step one is that you have to be recognized by more than your boss as a high performer, right? So that means you have to think of yourself as the center of a circle. So the people beside you, your peers, need to recognize that you're a high performer and be able to speak to what are you delivering that's really valuable. People below you need to be able to speak to that. And then people above you. So not just your boss, but your boss's peers, right? Because at the end of the day, as an HR leader, when I would sit at the table and we would talk about um, who were the people who needed to get a promotion, who had strong performance, or we were doing succession planning, it wasn't just a boss who had to speak highly of someone. It was the boss and their peers at the table needed to speak highly of someone. So I always tell people, you know, first you got to figure out your expectations um, and for your role. And one way to do that is have one-on-ones with your boss. And then the second way to do that is to have staff meetings. So if your boss isn't having one-on-ones with you once a week 
and you aren't having staff meetings once a week, those are the two things that as an employee, I think are really important um, so that okay. you can hear what are you responsible for? What is everybody else responsible for? And so how you as a team can drive um, the right results and then all of you um, can get recognized. Are, are you a believer of, and I don't know if you alluded to this already, but like uh personal career development meeting. So let's say I can establish like a mentor with someone within my company. Like it's more, I would say like on a personal professional development level rather than what I'm contributing to the company. Yes. Um, and I, I do think there's value in having somebody internally to the company you're working for in that space as a mentor. But I also think it's important to find somebody either in your profession or the industry that you specialize okay. in outside of the company as well. Outside the company. Uh, because there are certain things politically that sometimes you can't say to people internally that in the company, right? Right. And it's important to have an outsider to give you that perspective. Um, so find somebody, I always think, find somebody who's at a career level or who has done what you want to do and has gotten to the level that you'd like to get to um, and then develop a relationship and work with them. Okay. I love that. And I think that's a great um, step one, I just in these meetings in general, you got to You got to get that feedback loop. Otherwise, you're going to have no clue. Um, yeah. What's going on. And it's and it has to be frequent. If you're waiting for feedback like once or twice a year in a performance review, that is way too late. I agree. You have to course correct. And I think weekly biweekly is the longest. I'll let it stretch. And I'll be honest, when I was a leader, I would have half hour one on ones with each one of my direct reports. And then I had an hour set up for a staff meeting every week. And and sometimes we didn't need the full half hour in the one-on-ones. And we talked about, um, well, what are your kids doing? You said last week so-and-so was sick or your dog was, you know, hurt and they got into something in the backyard. And But it was about developing relationships with my team. It wasn't just about work. And especially if you're in the space of having remote employees who are working out somewhere other than where you're sitting, it's yep. really important to make those efforts to not just talk about work, but to talk about your life, because none of us walks into work and does work without having those other aspects of our life impact our productivity and our ability to be fully engaged. So it's you've got to do both as a good leader. Fantastic. So I, I think that's a really good step one. What are some other things I can do to be seen as a high performer? Um, so one, you got, so you understand expectations Two, you're making yourself visible to all the right people and they're speaking on your behalf. So the other, the other piece is, um, recognize that it's not a one and done, right? So just as your, um, expectations for your job, when you first walk into a job and you're a new employee, this is what today is and our expectations recognize that's going to grow and change as the needs of the business grow and change. And that's for those of us who are high achievers and are big about growth mindset and continuing to challenge mm -hmm. ourselves. That's a very positive thing for those of us who are challenged, um, with accepting change, it can be really scary and frustrating, right? So part of this is mindset and getting to the point where you, um, recognize how to show up mentally. So because what you do mentally and how the stories you tell yourself is the precursor to how are you going to act and how are you going to behave? Yeah. Do you think a lot of people tell themselves lies or like the wrong things like in their heads? They do. And it's the little things <laughs> like they'll show up in a staff meeting and they'll think, oh, gosh, I fumbled that. I didn't I didn't say the yeah. right thing. I didn't say it the right way. And then for the rest of the day, they'll dwell on that. And frankly, your peers and your boss probably didn't even give that a second thought in the staff meeting. They're off to the races on whatever else, whatever else is on their, their to-do list. So sometimes I think we can be our own worst enemy, especially those of us who overthink things. Um, and then two, 
you know, just to your point earlier, having a mentor, somebody that you can talk to um, outside of your your boss and your peers is really important, both internally and outside of the company. So you can put some perspective on those day to day happenings that yeah. uh, might might get in the way of how you think about yourself. Yeah, I want to I'm putting myself in the perspective of someone who has to learn a hard skill or get really good at a hard skill, like let's say it's like software development or something like that. Sure. Beyond just the politics of it and, and even communicating with people, I want to get really good at my craft. How do I actually take myself up to the next level if I'm truly serious about about the professional development and the skill set? Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend a book. I've got a list of book recommendations on my website, um, but I'm going to recommend a book. Yep. Um, I, and I'll just, while I said website, my website is prosperconsultingllc.com. And if you go click on resources, you'll see a list of book recommendations. Uh, awesome. Th- the one I'm going to tell you guys to read is called um, So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. And he talks about... I love Cal Newport. Thank you for bringing him up. Oh, my God. He is so good. Um, and He's he, my favorite. Oh, my he God. He really is my favorite. Yeah. And deep focus and how he tells yes. people... Oh, my God. The man is brilliant. But anyway, what I'm going to tell you, and you can read the book and get more... Yeah. The people who are really good at their craft invest in themselves, right? So tie themselves to somebody and learn from people who are better than they are. And there are lots of ways to do that. And then two, they practice. They put themselves in situations where they practice. So if you think of somebody who's a chess champion or somebody who is a musician or think of somebody who's great at software development, they have not only learned the skills from someone who's better than them and been to training or a workshop of some sort, but then they put it into practice and they do it consistently over and over and over again. And they get themselves really uncomfortable. Um, The best people that I have worked with um, are people who are comfortable with being uncomfortable. And they put themselves in that position all the time, both personally and professionally, so that they don't get stagnant and just accept the status quo as the norm. And if you're willing to do that, you can get really good at lots of different things. Oh, my gosh. Be comfortable with being uncomfortable. That's, yeah. That needs to be said and put on repeat over and over again. It's, it's a, and it's a mindset. I, and then I would also say the other mindset thing that I teach it to my clients is know your worth. So once you, you know, you've got the technical pieces, you've figured out, and people call it soft skills, I call it essential skills, emotional intelligence, your ability to show up with executive presence. And I firmly believe all of us need to show up with a level of presence that is beyond our peers, right? You need to show up in a certain way. True. Um, Once you've got the technical and the essential skills figured out, it really is about knowing your worth to the point that it doesn't matter what anybody else says about you, that you know the value you bring. And then you're going to go have the conversations about pay and performance in a way that is really powerful. And you can do things like ask for that pay raise. You can do things like ask for that promotion. And people, if they hesitate, it's not about that they don't think you're worth it. it they right. they hesitate because they're like, I have to develop a business case to ask for this because so-and-so is you know, showing up the right way. And then you're already thinking ahead to how do I help them develop business case so it's easy for senior leadership to say yes to what I want, right? So it's it's so core confident and so knowing your value and your worth that no one can knock that away from you. I love that. And especially what you said about not like 
it comes from within, right? We can't let all the external factors, we can't let other people's opinions of us, especially, or what we think other people think about us, especially influence these things. Because um, I know just from experience that can really trip that can really trip you up and really get in your head. It can. And so. I'll give you an example. I had um, a senior leader I was working with recently, and they were told by their past employer that they weren't collaborative. And I said, hmm, so have you ever had that? And this is somebody who's got a 25 plus year career. And I said, have you ever had anybody else in your career tell you that? No. In fact, that's been one of my strengths. And I said, so what was yeah. the purpose of the meeting you were in? And they were like, well... I had just gotten laid off and I it was a company where I didn't think the severance was really matching the level and I'd asked for more severance. And I said, so was their goal in the meeting about getting you to feel bad about your performance so that your request for more severance would go away? And she's like, oh, yeah, it was. And I'm like, so that wasn't really they came up with an excuse to get you off yep. off your request about more severance. But it wasn't really about you not collaborating. It was about what their goal was in that meeting. So you have to really be conscious of what is your goal versus what is the other person's goal? And are they in alignment or are they not? Right. Right. I, and, oh my gosh. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And I had a flashback to um, a performance review I had. Um, I think this was like five years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember my, my boss told me, he was like, I, you're really disorganized. Oh. Um, I've always I've always been like not the most organized person and sure. even even you know that collaborating with me a little bit I'm not on top of everything but right. I gosh I mean I really the problem with the way he said it and the way I took it most of all cuz I I have full accountability was I let it get to me and I let that become a story yep. that I would repeat in my head over and over and over again I'd be like I'm disorganized this is just something I do because I'm a disorganized person um but rather is that than true Right, right. Rather than that just being, you know, his perception of me at that moment in time based right. on what he saw, um, there probably was some truth to, to something I could have fixed. Absolutely. Sure. But um, but it shouldn't be some it shouldn't be my story. You know what I mean? Yeah. And people's perception, like the person that was we were talking about, she said, you know, the person's goal was to get me out of her office. And so they didn't have to pay me more severance. And I said, so maybe you were collaborative, but they weren't receptive to the level and the type of collaboration you show up with, right? So sometimes you have to think about what are your goals in a conversation and what is somebody else's goals. And really, and especially when you get performance feedback, as somebody is giving you performance feedback, are they giving it to you with a good heart, with with the willingness to want you to get better? Or are they trying to make you feel bad about yourself so they can get something you know, to get you to, right. So I'll give you an example. When I work with clients to coach them on salary negotiation, um, I will often have people say, well, okay, he prepped. We're we're already, I help them with their talking points. We role play. They go in, they talk to their boss and their boss says, well, I don't have the budget to give you a pay increase right now. And they're like, so uh, Denise, I left. And and I'm like, no, 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 no. This is a start of a conversation. Say, okay, you don't have the budget right now. How do we make sure pay increase is in the budget for me next time or next year or in the next six months? Because budgets aren't static, right? They get refreshed every year. So how do you like, like keep pushing, right? If you do show up and you are a high performer and you are creating tremendous value for an organization that you're working for, don't sit back and just expect and and just have that, well, we don't have the budget. Don't let that be the end of the conversation. Right. Move, move forward and like try, 
Yeah. Right. Exactly. Keep you keep pushing. You do it in a way that's politically correct and that's appropriate and not so aggressive that they get turned off. But you still hold your value and you know your worth. And you tell the stories to say, well, here's what I'm delivering and here's what the marketplace says that I'm worth. Yeah. Why, why, I'm a high performer. You've told me that numerous times. I've got kudos from you and I've got, you know, feedback from A, B and C. How do we sync up my value creation that I'm delivering with my pay in a way that's powerful um, and that's competitive? Because right now it's not. Right. Uh, Denise, I want to I flip the, the coin in a second. To yeah. You job seekers, but is there anything that we can't really miss when it comes to, I'm already a company, I want to get a promotion? Um, you know, besides managing, you know, your performance, it's managing those advocates and, and making sure other people can tell your accomplishment stories. And then it's just about um, being very consistent day in and day out. So I'll give you a way to think about it. When you start a job, you show up dressed appropriately, you speak a certain way, and then, you know, as time marches on, we often like let go and maybe, you know, the shoes aren't quite as polished or we didn't put makeup on that day or <laughs> we're not quite as prepared for the meeting as we were in the first six months of working in the job. We live in a world where um, you have to constantly be on your game and be thinking about, am I showing up as if it's my first week on the job? Thank you for right? saying that. I, I, I'm, yeah, I'm laughing because I, I've, I've thought of myself and some specific people and like that's... <laughs> It's so funny. We get yeah. lazy and I get it. We do. We do. We, we get do. lazy. But it's those little things. Like, so I'll give you an example. Um, I was doing some research and, and you talked about being disorganized. How you keep your desk is really important. People are going to make judgments about that. If you yeah. show up in a shirt that's not ironed and it looks like, like it was ironed with a hot rock instead of yeah. a, a good iron, they're going to make judgments about that. And you may not think that that you may not want to care about that. But you should care about that, right? Because yeah. those judgments, those little micro judgments are going to make make a difference in your career trajectory. They're going to make a difference in yeah. your paycheck. And and if you are, here's the other thing I think people put up with too much. They will plant themselves in work environments and in cultures and with leaders who aren't good leaders. And they will be in a workplace that isn't helping them deliver at the val at the level that they could truly deliver in terms of performance, they're not get being they're not they're physically being held back by the company culture in order to deliver at a high level. If you find right. yourself in that situation, start your job search. Do not put up with it. There are good companies and good leaders out there. I can't tell you how many people I have worked with who have been miserable for years, and I'm like, stop being miserable and accepting that. You need to move on. Give yourself permission to move on and do a job search. Employers are dying for great employees. They, I hear from senior yes. leaders all the time. And talent, those of us who who are strong achievers, is is rare. So don't put hold yourself back and just accept the status quo. If you aren't able to show up and deliver at your best, put yourself in a work environment that allows you to deliver at your best. Hey guys, just want to take a quick pause here to talk about an opportunity for all of you to engage on LinkedIn and boost your job search. Go to your LinkedIn and share your favorite episode and tag me in that post. This month, I'm choosing my favorite posts and selecting one person to help with their resume and their job search. I'll give you a personal video call and some tools necessary to land that dream job. Just go on LinkedIn, share your favorite episode and tag me. Let me know why it's your favorite episode. Heck, I'll probably comment no matter what. 
I'm Chris Villanueva, CPRW. I'll post my LinkedIn in the description so you can follow me. All right, that's it for now. Unpause and enjoy the rest of the episode. Thank you so much for bringing that up. And I I think everything you've said so far could perfectly transition into the job search because you got to put your best foot forward when it comes to your job search as well. You got to you got to make sure you're ironing your clothes, not with a hot rock, but with (laughs) with an iron. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I just want to get specific, though, for a second um, for people trying to be seen as a high performer when it comes to the interview. Yeah. Are there any tips or techniques you have for showcasing your best self when it comes to that interview? Yeah. So let me give you a, a, a so when you walk into an interview, you should know, one, what is that job worth in the marketplace? But then two, are you learning? Is this a step up for you and you're going to be learning this new job? Is this a job you've done before and you're going to be fully proficient within six months, all the technical, behavioral, interpersonal things, you got it. You're going to be, you know, within six months, you've got it. You're going to be demonstrating and hitting those expectations. Or is this a role where either now or pretty quickly you can be in that space of role modeling and going above and beyond the expectations? And so thinking about yourself and how do you tell stories? People who tell stories are really um, going in short, succinct stories because we don't have a long attention span. So let me give you a, a method. It's called SOAR stories. S-O-A-R, situation, obstacle, action, and result. And they're really just accomplishment stories. And you don't just think about them. You write them. Like, here's my cut. Here's my yeah. customer service story. Here's my continuous improvement story. Here's my how do I how do I show up as a strategic mm-hmm. leader story? Here's my how did I deal with a difficult employee story? Here's my I was on a project. We didn't have the, the right level of resources. And we still did. We came in on time and under budget. Yes. What's that story? You have to know your stories. Yes. And it's not just in the framework of talking about fantastic results and wanting a promotion. It's not just here's my accomplishment stories. Give me this job. It's about in your day to day work when you're having one on one conversations with your boss or in staff meetings, you're using that methodology. S.O.A.R. Here's the situation. Here are the obstacles I'm facing. Here are the actions I'm I'm taking. I want to take these actions. I can't because what you're asked. And then here's the results I'm driving for. And over and over and over, over, and over using that methodology to tell your stories, it is incredibly powerful. And, yeah. and we don't have people who are good at telling stories. And I, I completely agree with that. We actually just had one of our guests, funny enough, said you should come to every interview with the five to seven stories that are going to sell yourself. Yeah. Um, and she put a lot of emphasis on the stories, too, because... I really don't think it's enough just to say like I'm a high performer because you know because blah blah blah. Just make the assertion with no examples to back it up. You have you to have to be able to and, yeah, and you have to create some sort of emotion in the person yes. that you're talking to. So it, we all run on this kind story of story sell, story sell, and it's emotions that matter, right? What do we think? What do we feel? And then what actions do we take? So I'm going to give you an example. Um, uh, I was reading an article and it was about somebody who was in sales and. Um, it was between him and somebody else. And this gentleman told a story about how when he was a kid, he figured out that he could go to the thrift store and get a bike. And it might, you know, the chain was a little broken. It needed to be, you know, take the rust off, repaint it, do some things. And he figured out that if he went and got a bike for a certain price that was a little bit junky and he took it home and he fixed it up, he could sell it for a profit. 
And he said, then I started, he said, I ended up having a used bike business where I would sell to the neighborhood kids. And then it kind of grew from there. And he was a teenager. And when that salesperson, can you imagine that story? And at the end of the day, uh, the leaders are going to talk about all the candidates um, and, and what they came in with. It's your stories that will set you apart. And we often, yeah. and we don't think about, we don't sit down and write and think about what are some creative <laughs> stories and some real life experiences that I can talk about. I'm even thinking right now, I can think of a few stories on my head, but let's say I haven't done the homework yet. What's what's the best way to do research? You said actually write it out, like on a on a journal or something? I, you handwrite it, type it up. I do, I do think there's power, and this is just my personal preference, in handwriting things. I, I think agree. I, there I is, agree with that. Um, and if you want to read a good book... Um, gosh what is it it's how to get anything and it's, it's physically about the the process of handwriting versus typing is different um but when you write it out you will make connections in your brain and you'll you'll create these threads as you create a story that are really powerful and it takes effort and it takes setting aside time to write your stories but write your stories it's really really important Denise, this has been such a great podcast episode. If you could tattoo any encouraging message for anyone who wants to be seen as a high performer, what would that message be? It would be exceed expectations consistently. Three words, right? Love that. Um, And then the other thing that I would tell you is if I had to do a tattoo, um, it would be um, a semicolon. And do you know the story behind the semicolon? No. All right, so you guys can research this, but if you look at tattoos and semicolons, semicolons are, it's not a period, the end of the story, but semicolons represent the ongoing nature of our stories. And for people who have mental health issues and depression or maybe a suicide has been something they've either tried or they have thoughts of suicide or, or they've been really in a dark place, just a semicolon can be a good representation of, I'm not done with my story. Right, And so even when you are, and there are times in your work life and personal life where you could go into some deep valleys and we could talk all day about that, Chris, but um, your story isn't done. So exceeding expectations consistently can be also about your personal story of what does success mean for you. And it doesn't matter what anybody else says. I mean, obviously, if you want yeah. to get a promotion or a job search and you want to be successful at that, you have to care about what other people say. But at our core, if you really want to be happy, you have to be so bulletproof in your personal definition of success that it doesn't matter what those people say. And there's a really core, I have some techniques I use with my clients on this, but um, I think we get so caught up in performing and doing and doing and doing in our lives that we don't take time to just be. And just being in your, and just be meditation, just be, go for a walk, just be can be a really powerful, magical place. So don't don't just do, 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 and perform, perform, perform. Just give yourself permission to be, and you will develop skills and techniques in that space that are can be really powerful and really enhance your doing as well. Yes. One of one of my concerns with this episode was that it, the title right is how to be seen as a high performer, which is great because we want to help people move forward, but the 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 potential problem might be it puts too much focus on what other people think about us, which it it is important to some extent, right? If we want the promotion, we have to be seen as a high performer, but without 
defining your own personal standards and boundaries to I think that personal opinion is more important than anything else anything my my boss could think or anything else like that so it is I'm so glad that I'm so glad you defined that right now I'm so glad can I give you one other nugget and a practice for your audience yes okay so I've got a quote and I'll give you the quote then I'll give you a practice to go with it this quote I have on the back of my business cards and it says there is a gigantic difference between earning a great deal of money and being rich and it's by Marlene Dietrich So there's a gigantic difference between earning a great deal of money and being rich. So you have to get really clear about what having a rich life is for you. And so I want you to think about a triangle. And on the corners of that triangle are money, relationships, and health. As we prioritize things and think about things in our life, we're making trade-offs between health, relationships and money. So money earning, saving it, spending it, investing it, relationships, who do you love? Who do you spend time with? Your relationship with yourself, your relationship with others. And then health, mind, mental, spiritual, physical, emotional. And so be really clear on on how you're doing trade-offs. And then the center of the triangle is the word time. We only have 24 hours in the day. So, and again, I'm going to talk about Cal Newport and his fo- his his deep yeah. focus book, right? We get so caught up sometimes in the expectations of others. You have to get clear on what a rich life means to you. And for yes. me, I had to make a shift at one point in my life where I stepped out of the corporate career and I started my own business because I changed what a rich life meant to me. So get really clear on that. Set the vision for yourself and then create a life around that. Thank you so much. I think this is such a great episode. Um, how, how can people find out more about you? What's, yeah. what's your website? Uh, website is Prosper, P-R-O-S-P-E-R, consultingllc.com. Easy to find <laughs> me. You'll find a link there to connect where you'll find all my social media connections and how to stay in touch with me that way. You can sign up for an email newsletter. I offer free 15-minute strategy calls if you want to chat. And I will offer uh, for your audience, if you want a list of about more than 10 different resources where you can go do research and figure out what are you worth, what are your, your um, the job you're performing, what is that worth in the local marketplace where you're working, um, send me an email. Happy to send you that list. That's great. And are you on social media LinkedIn. I am. Facebook and LinkedIn is where I'm at. Um, So go to my website, click on uh, connect, and you'll see all those uh, spots and you can connect with me very easily. Perfect. And for all of you listeners, as always, I'm going to put the URLs in the description link. So if you're on Spotify, Apple, whatever it is, make sure to check out those links. Send send Denise a LinkedIn request. Make sure to put a personalized connection invite saying, I heard you on the podcast because We know we had another episode about being personalized when it comes to LinkedIn requests. I think it's important. Denise, thank you so much for being on the show. I I always get so many things from these podcast episodes, but I knew you were going to be great, but this exceeded my expectations, especially towards the end. That was amazing. Yeah, I I always try to bring people back around to to being clear about having a rich life um, because we don't talk about it enough. I agree. Yeah. Cool. Thank you, Denise. You're welcome. Thanks, Chris. Bye. And this concludes our 117th episode of the Career Warrior Podcast. I just can't believe what amazing insights we had. It wasn't just about being seen as a high performer. It was about really setting your own personal expectations and standards, which I think everyone should have, no matter if you're trying to get the promotion or you're just trying to do a good job and be the best professional you can be at work. So when it comes to it, down at the end of the day, 
you really want to make sure you put your best foot forward and show up with that hot iron, as Denise said earlier. I love that as a metaphor, and I think that's something we should all do to carry ourselves forward. This concludes our 117th episode. Thanks, and I'll see you on Thursday.